Texas, you're United States of America. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 12 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by GorillaPosition.com and presented by Hameen Media Group, recorded Wednesday, November 15th, 2017. On today's show, it's all about Red vs. Blue as Rick and I break down the go-home shows for Survivor Series. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. Talking creative, the business aspects of professional wrestling, and of course, giving our unsolicited opinions. You can contact the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Drop us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to on iTunes and Podbean. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Joined alongside my Huckleberry, RBV. Rick, welcome to your show. It's me, it's me. It's the R to the B to the V. Rick Vickery here. And Jargo, it feels good to be back hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. But brother, what a week we had here. It's been a crazy couple of days, hasn't it? And boy, do we got a lot of content coming up the next couple of days. Well, you know, to get it out there with a, 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 a great announcement, you know, everyone out there, hopefully they already know, but we are now officially part of the Hacker Hameen Media Group. You know, along with, along with our boy, the, the Mark of the Masses, the man with the plan, Big Ray, we, the three of us, we rolled out our, our newest show, The Locker Room. Man, what a fun experience and debut episode uh, that we've had met with rave reviews. I think the coolest part about that is that we hit our weekly projections. Well, we hit those projections in just 10 hours of the release of the of episode one. The response to episode one was incredibly overwhelming, and we thank each and every one of you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. So I guess we got some red and blue to dive into. You know, typically when we do these shows, I have no idea what in the world the title of the show is going to be until I'm getting ready to upload it. This week, I already know the title. This week's show is simply called The Fuck-Up Button. It seems like they had this idea to do red versus blue, champion versus champion. And then all the writers sat down in a room and went, oh shit, look at who our champions are. Somebody push the fuck-up button. We got to fix this. They had a lot of last-minute shakeups, you know, from what we, a few weeks ago when they originally announced that, you know, all the champions were going to be squaring off against each other and some of the different matches. Nearly everything is is seen some kind of shakeup, hasn't it? Just about, just about. I mean, when they first announced this, we were like, "Oh, this isn't going to be a good Thank show you. at all." Well, I will give them credit. You know, on paper for a novelty show, uh, we we do have some great looking matchups, and I'm expecting a uh, a great night of in ring action. Well, let's go ahead and start the breakdown with the red brand. Lots of star power on this show, man. Lots of star power. Did not feel like a typical three hour Monday Night Raw little bit of a different vibe. Rick, we haven't done it in a while because I know how much you hate it. How do you rate this show, pass, fail? Have they built your interest to Survivor Series with the go-home you know, show on Raw? I'm not even dreading giving out a rating this week. and I'm actually just not for Raw. I'm going to, for both shows, Raw and SmackDown Live, I'm going to give each a pass. But I feel like both were booked for perhaps a special ed class. A lot of flash, you know, big, loud sounds, but not really a whole lot of substance there. Uh, I'm going to label it here, my classic tag, I'm going to label it as a hashtag 
LCDB, lowest common denominator booking. But before everyone kind of gets, you know, there goes in an uproar here, I want to explain exactly why I am tagging in it in that way and exactly what that means. You know, I regularly use the term lowest common denominator booking. And, you know, most take that is that's me shitting all over the product. Well, actually, that's not the case at all. When I use the term, I am pointing out that creative took, well, they took the easy street to get, the, to get their point across. You know, I use it when there is a lot of flawed logic in the why and the how. You know, the bottom line, the term lowest common denominator booking, is about fans, you know, realizing that they're being undersold and to expect better from the product. You know, don't settle for the bottom of the barrel. Don't embrace mediocrity. Not everybody needs a trophy. There we go. And, and that's, that's where I get that from. And, and I thought there was, a, you know, there was a lot of good here in, in these two shows. They got a lot accomplished. They were moving things along. But there was some loopholes in there. You know, things that, that could have been such, so much more grander if, if they just put, I don't know, maybe the simplest bit of thought into them. But we're going to dive into all those. One thing I would like to point out, and I think this is good news, Survivor Series evidently is sold out. I went to Ticketmaster just to check it out. There were 10 random tickets available. Um, Then I looked up the capacity of the place. I couldn't find out what exactly it holds for wrestling. Uh, For basketball, it's roughly 18,000. Hockey, 17,800. For concerts, 19,000. So I'm guessing you're probably going to get somewhere between 15 to 20,000 people in there. But it's nice to hear that it's a sold-out show. So Raw kicks off with Stephanie McMahon. Were you surprised that they didn't announce that Stephanie was going to be kicking off the show? You know, looking back at it, you, you probably do want to make, you know, let the fans be aware that she is there. You know, uh, lover or hater, she does seem to stir up some interest in the product, you know, especially after, you know, these extended absences that she, that she goes on. I don't know. It, it, it was a little, it was a nice surprise. I have to admit, you know, I, I kind of I, I perked up and paid attention when, when our music hit to, to kick things off there. I'm getting real tired of bipolar Stephanie, though. I, I was just going to say, man, you, you got the queen of mean. She's back. You know, in her typical fashion, she starts with that baby face style promo. And then and then as it happens every time, you know, she just shows those true colors and, and just transforms into that total bitch. So Stephanie brings Kurt out. And proceeds to just dress him down like there's no tomorrow. Was it too much again? I don't know. Do you think this, I mean, is it just getting old or is it just going over the top? What do you think? Well, I thought it was incredibly over the top on this episode. One thing that I noticed that is just odd to me was it seemed like Kurt was kind of standing with his knees bent. Like he was like cowering like a little fucking dog getting dressed down. So you think maybe like they intentionally positioned him where she was the imposing authority figure over him? Absolutely. And then she proceeds to just dress him down like there's no tomorrow. Many of the issues that she brought up are the th- same things that we've been bringing up here on the show for the last couple of weeks. Like picking your son instead of John Cena. But then when the shield came out, it all made sense. This was all about Roman. You know, the way she, you know, just not how she was speaking to, to Angle there, and just how, how she pretty much just kind of addresses any of her employees. 
I mean, who honestly wants to work for someone like this? Oh, I think this was entirely by design. Oh, I know. I mean, but, you know, just overall looking at it, you know, I, I understand it's, the, you know, the bright lights of WWE, but this is, this is freaking Kurt Angle. I mean, he doesn't need this shit. Dude, Kurt I mean, Angle there's... had to be just boiling inside, knowing that he couldn't say anything here. Well, you know, it's just, you know, from a character standpoint, he doesn't need any of this stuff. He's Kurt Angle. He just walk, man. It, he, someone working at McDonald's on the fry line, they're not going to ha- take this kind of stuff. And, and now Kurt Angle is going to take this just because it's Stephanie McMahon and it's WWE? I mean, hey, they, there's a company up in Canada that, that would gladly pay, gladly pay Kurt. Now, that might just happen to, just to pay him to sit in their audience, but it's probably a nicer work environment. It's irritating to me, the way that they treat Kurt Angle. He goes from shield member to scalded dog to gang leader, all within the span of about a week. And it's like, just pick a personality. Yeah, well, you know, at least they, they finally got in a way to where he was just kind of just, you know, there for comic relief. Uh, but you're right, man, he's, kind of, he's just kind of scattered out all over the board. So Stephanie dresses down Kurt. Complete bitch mode Stephanie. Which makes sense as soon as the shield comes out and Roman starts mouthing off to Stephanie. Stephanie is such a bitch, she can even get Roman cheered. Yeah, it was kind of, do you think it was so much heat on Stephanie and then a little bit of, you know, hey, we haven't seen him for a couple of weeks. You know, you're going to get that kind of initial pop. You know, he's back with his boys. But I, like Blake, you said, though, so much of that on Stephanie, I mean, just being a complete bitch that, that people will, will literally cheer anything that opposes her which is so funny because when she comes out later on in the show she gets a baby face pop and it's the exact opposite reaction because people are so goddamn sick of jason jordan that they'll even cheer stephanie it's such a weird dynamic man and you know know, in this going back to roman here you gotta give credit where credit is due i i thought this was this was probably the best Roman has been on the mic since the night after WrestleMania. I really like the first half of the promo. I didn't like the second half of the promo. Like when he was mouthing off to Stephanie, I was like, wow, did Roman take like acting classes while he was down with the mumps or something? And then he started talking about the new day and turned into Roman the robot again. So it's kind of, you almost got that sense, you know, maybe he was, you know, that first half, he, that, that was himself coming out, coming forward, and then he remembered, hey, I got I to gotta reel back here and get back to my script. I almost wonder if the, when Stephanie was like, and you, where the hell have you been, if that wasn't in the script. And so then you got an offbeat Roman Reigns response that wasn't scripted, and it was fucking awesome. It was great. You could feel it, man. It, 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 it kind of hammered home. It and then he went back to his it. script, and he sounded like a robot. That's what that tells me. Speaking of scripts, I know we're going to get to it here later in the show, but, man, there was some some bad, bad portrayal of the scripts given to them coming up later on in the show. We'll get to those. Well, here's a script that I absolutely love. So, S.H.I.E.L.D. throws down the challenge to the New Day. What did you think of the New Day's responses back to the S.H.I.E.L.D.? I saw some of you know, that, that's the New Day. I didn't expect anything different from them. I don't know. Again, to me, it's it's with the uh, the sophomore uh, slap nuts humor. I, that this is why I'm 
I'm particularly glad that this match is a one-off on a novelty show. I mean, I'm looking forward to it being the match of the night. But if I had to endure an entire program between these two sides with New Day baiting the shield into crap like this, man, I, I don't know. I, I might have had to, like, blown my brains out or something. That's, I'm just glad this is a one-off. If you didn't see the Twitter responses, Kofi says Roman was gone because he got sick from eating his own poop. Big E had the response that really intrigues me here. We request that all shock-absorbing body armor, including, but not limited to, protective vests, shoulder pads, and heavy wool sweaters be disallowed from competitive use. Shot fired, Roman Reigns. And then Xavier Woods, whose name is clearly displayed as Austin Creed on Twitter, starts bringing up the unicorns versus hounds thing. Do you think these responses were pre-programmed and scripted or is this new day just being able to do whatever they want to do i'm gonna say that they had creative freedom here i don't follow any of them on twitter so i i'm not familiar with you know how they regularly present themselves but it seems like something they would come up come up with on their own uh you know kofi's really doesn't do anything for me i mean a poop joke uh, i i did you know like you said biggies that really stands out there when Big E starts bringing up the protective vest thing, that intrigues me. Yeah. Well, as you were reading that, you know, immediately the vision that kind of popped in my head, you got the shield in, in their tactical gear. What if the New Day came out in their Saiyan gear? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, you bastard. You popped me already. I was going to say, can you imagine the pop in that place that oh, they came out man. in their Saiyan battle gear? Oh, that's tremendous. That's and now tremendous. that I have this visual, that is the only thing that I want to happen at Survivor Series. <laughs> you know, what's so funny is we've kind of commented here and there about how we both enjoy the New Day, but I think we both kind of think that the New Day has been pretty stale. Has there been a New Day match that you were looking forward to as much as this one? Because I am really looking forward to this six-man. I'm looking forward to the match. You know, just you know, as I said here just a moment ago, I think we, we probably could agree. This, this could be the match of the night. I'm expecting it to be the match of the night. Uh, you, you've got some guys in here that can just flat out go. I'm, gonna, I'm really going to enjoy watching how their styles mesh. You know, even you've got a guy, you know, between Kofi and Xavier and Ambrose and Rollins, you know, that, that can just kind of go all over the place. I'm even, I'm looking for that big square off in the middle of the ring between the big dog and big E. They say that styles make fights. And when I think of the styles of these two teams, I'm really excited about this match. Cause I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. It's like you said, I, I can't remember the last time going in, looking forward to a new day match. Uh, there's been quite a few that, you know, as, as you watch them and they play out, uh, you, you're always pleasantly surprised and, and you know it's going to be good. But there's never that excitement leading in, and they have that here. This is something, and I'm sure the reason that, the, that they held off was to make sure that Roman was clear that he would be able to compete. So I'm not faulting WWE here. It's just something that, man, I, I kind of would like to have had this announced a bit earlier. Uh, and I think would would protect that there because I just said I I wouldn't want to see like a whole real program, but this under siege has prevented any traditional 
build and programs and feuds between the two brands. So they would have been kept apart. But I, I think this, the buzz would have been such greater all around if this had been one of the earlier announced matches. Yes, but I will give them credit that in hindsight, it now makes sense why the New Day was leading the under siege charge. Yeah, it, I wonder if, you know, sometimes we get on them like, did they think something out here? Or, you know, did they have this in in mind the entire time? Or is it something that they uh, just kind of pleasantly stumbled upon? Speaking of things that I'm excited about, a bitchin' commercial for NXT TakeOver airs. What did you think of the promo? I liked it, man. You know, it's... It got it got me excited. I, I know it got you excited. Right when I saw it, I said, "Oh man, Jago's going to be popping for this." Yep. Uh, but, you know, but but we we're familiar with NXT. You know, especially you. You you're heavily invested into what's going on there. I think more importantly, this was such this was a very cool promo to really reach out and grab, you know, those casuals that only watch Raw and SmackDown. You know, to let them know, hey man, this this is also pretty cool. We got something special over here on the network. You know, if you're not already. You know, get on board and check this out. This is also a good time for us to plug. Coming up this weekend, we are going to be doing an NXT primer show. We're going to record that Friday night. After NXT San Antonio, just in case Adam Cole wins the championship, like I've been predicting for weeks. And then we will be back in your ear holes Saturday night, right after NXT. Me and Rick are going to sit down, do a review show, and we will get that out as quickly as we possibly can. So there's your teaser. I was just going to say that, you know, listeners out there, you're going to get a full weekend of Jargo and Vickery here on the Hitting Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast. In addition to our what's going to be awesome NXT coverage, we've got those two shows. In addition to that, we're also going to have our just our regular uh, Saturday release over on uh, TheGrillsVision.com. And we've also got a full-size booker for the Survivor Series. Tonight. Also, in case you're curious, I use the old NXT theme song here instead of the new one because the new one sucks and the old one's awesome. <laughs> so back to Monday Night Raw. We now know that Bailey is the fifth member of Team Red going into Survivor Series. All this talk about Paige. Uh, Rick, just so you know, I like my Coke with cherry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There, there is, the, this thing is not won yet until she debuts, at, she returns at the Rumble. Okay, that, that, was, that was what you stood by. So I, I can't win this thing because my my projection date is already passed, but but there is a possibility that I don't lose it. All right. So let's let's hold off. Let's hold off on that. God, you really are from Cleveland, man. Playing for a draw. Playing for a So Bailey becomes the fifth member, which I think is the right call. Even though I don't necessarily like the booking of the fifth member being named the six days before the show, but that's a whole different conversation. It it fits to have her in here. You know, she is a a great fan attraction. 
But that was my only beef with this, and I guess I don't want to jump too much into it, but just how they they just kind of just, you know, drugged this out, you know, just ran it through the mud for so long to get to this point. It was nice to hear Bailey get a nice pop. Atlanta did good. I think the more intriguing story here is the fact that we had no page. Now, I have heard reports that, oh, well, Vince was pissed off because it got leaked on social media. I don't buy it. I think Paige was a red herring from the beginning, and this is how you work the marks in 2017. I got I to gotta agree with you 100% here. You know, it's uh, kind of the old, old magician's trick. You know, watch my hand over here, you know, over here on the right while I'm actually making my move and creating the illusion to create this illusion with, with what's in my left hand. How many dirt sheets reported that Triple H was coming back? None. You know why? Because we were all paying attention to Paige. They got one over on everybody. You know, there was a there was a great deal of buzz. A little shout out to our boy there in Jersey, Jersey Mike. I, I know he was over the top with news that Paige was going to return. And uh, they, they pretty much, they crushed the young man's dreams that, that evening. Luckily, Jersey Mike, sponsored by Kleenex. He can cry himself to sleep and wipe away the tears. But he's happy because he's got both Bailey and Sasha inside of Survivor Series. The one thing I did want to talk about on this match <clears throat> that I absolutely hated, why was Team Raw at ringside watching this? I think every... Their entire involvement here made little to no sense. Uh, they didn't add anything. Uh, as you're saying, they actually probably took away from what was going on. You know, this is just another one of those things that they just feel the need to have to run everything out there and, and continually remind us that even though these people typically, they, they just don't like each other, or maybe they're just, you know, they're hard-nosed competitors, but because the calendar says November, it's a big love fest. Well, and here's the thing that really, really bugs me. I understand Alicia Fox being out there. She's the team captain. I understand Nia Jax being out there. She's the muscle for the team captain. I understand Sasha being out there in support of her friend. Asuka is now just another woman on the roster. Not even a month, and they've already defined her down to just another woman on well, it's even more irritating than just being there is that they get her involved in a match and how they got her involved in a match. Why would Asuka be the one to go check on Dana? Like, why is Asuka making friends? What happened to nobody's ready for Asuka? Not, hey, I want to go out on the town with all my peeps. No! Oh, I hate it so much, man. Yeah, it was... And then, you know, it was a, a almost cringeworthy, you know, the little hug fest in the ring. The only good thing about it, you picked up on it, I caught it, I heard Ben comment on it on the locker room this morning, was Asuka pulling away from Nia and being like, wait, I don't want to touch you. That was the only good thing about that whole sequence to me. Me and you saw it as Asuka kind of pulling away, and, I, and believe, I, I'm convinced that's what I saw. But when Ben mentioned it, he had mentioned that it was that was Naya that played it played it off well. Either way, I don't care. At least it, whoever it was, at least someone kind of picked up that you know maybe this isn't the the right thing. We should still like hold our characters here a little bit. Aren't you looking forward to Oscar versus Dana Brooke? 
in December. Oh. Like, I yeah, feel like Asuka should have the title already. This is the program that I figured they would that they would just naturally progress to after Emma, but they just threw in those, um, you know, the couple squash matches there. Because when they said she debuts on Raw, I, I remember even making a comment there. I said, well, but I guess that's bad news for Dana. She's going to be the next on the roster that, that gets fed to Asuka. The only other thing of note as far as the women's division goes was Alexa's backstage promo, which I thought was a great promo. I love her being pissed off that she doesn't know who her opponent is six days before Survivor Series, and she does deserve more time to prepare. The only I, I thing that's that, good too, you know, it gives her, it gives her a build. The only thing I thought was kind of interesting here was six days before Survivor Series, and you're not putting the women's champion out in front of the live crowd. Last week, you made the comment, I forget what show it was, where if you bought a ticket to Monday Night Raw and you didn't get to see The Miz, you'd be pissed off. If I buy a ticket to Monday Night Raw and I don't get to see Alexa Bliss, even if it's just an in-ring promo, I'm going to be pissed off. I feel you, brother. You know, I, I was just as surprised as, as you were to see that this was a brief backstage segment. I mean, there's enough time to run the rest of the division out there, but they can't find an opportunity to run one of the hottest acts in the company out in front of the live audience? I mean, let's be honest. Bliss is so masterful when it comes to manipulating that crowd. You think you would want her out there to, to get the place popping? Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. Didn't understand that at all. I mean, she just rises, you know, the entire energy level throughout the arena. She is so good at what she does on that microphone. I mean, you're presenting an empathetic Oscar. And you're not presenting Alexa at all. It just doesn't make any sense to me as far as the format goes. From the women's division, we move to the cruiserweights. I find it ironic that the one match at Survivor Series that actually means anything where there's a title on the line has been moved to the pre-show. Kalisto versus Enzo, now your pre-show match. Doesn't that just seem weird? I guess they're just seeing it with, you know, with all the, you know, Survivor Series is what it is. It's very basic. It's a novelty show. It is nice to have at least one championship that matters here on the entire show, but I'm guessing there just isn't so much buzz for this thing going. I really wasn't surprised to see it moved. Uh, expecting, isn't the pre-show two hours this year? Yeah, two-hour pre-show. Starts at 5 Eastern. It's a lot yeah, of video this, packages. This doesn't surprise me. They're going to have something good on here. They'll probably add another match on that pre-show, but I guess that's not really a point of what we're talking about here. But no, I'm not surprised. Uh, it is kind of disappointing that there's only one championship match that actually means anything, but I'm not surprised to see it moved. I'm very much enjoying the pairing of Enzo Amore and Drew Gulak. I loved Enzo. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Very much enjoyed you, that. You're not the only one. You're not the only one that's digging this. I mean, the fans, the fans are getting into it. Is you know, Gulak in, uh, getting over? Hey, Gulak is—it's uh, such a simple act, but he's hitting it on all cylinders. Really, it is working. What he's People doing. are taking to it. You know, speaking of pairings here, uh, another pairing that that I was feeling. I liked uh, Kalisto and, uh, ah, crap, what's his name? 
Akira Tozawa? Yeah, Tozawa. I I thought they they looked they looked good together and they flowed well as a team. Yeah, but I'm still not in support of there being a tag division inside the cruiserweight division. Oh no, I would never suggest that. I don't even know what what you would do with them. I do I do like the pairing. I just kind of I thought that they looked good together. And I think they would be a fine jobber tag team for anybody on the main roster. Yeah, I mean, there's a possibility there. You know, if if you need if you need a team instead of just continually running uh, Gallows and Anderson out there to lay down for everybody, this would be, you know, a nice shakeup there. Can you believe it's November 15th and my fucking landlord is mowing the goddamn yard? (laughs) Can you hear that? Uh, no, not really. I'm not picking it up. Well, hopefully nobody else does either. I can, and it's pissing me off. Yeah, I, I, isn't it? Is it dark there yet? Yeah. <laughs> He's out there mowing. Don't well, ask see, questions, what, man. Don't ask questions. What, ten, ten till five there? Yeah. It's oh, been dark man, for like 20 minutes. That's funny. So let's move on to Ms. TV. I feel very, very bad for The Miz. While Roman was out, we agreed that Miz was by far the star of the show. And now he's just in a throwaway segment. And he did the absolute best he could with that throwaway segment, but this was a throwaway segment. Yeah, I kind of had my notes here you know, on this Miz TV segment. I don't know if it was really needed. I don't know if I really got anything from it. Um, Felt like it was just filling time. Well, when I really started to think about this, you know, I have here, I don't know if I needed this over-exaggerated segment, but then I really got to start thinking, you know, that's what Miz does. He's that over-the-top act. He always presents himself as the big time. You know, in that sense, I get it. But then again, you know, just going back to the overall message, I, I, I don't really think it did anything for me. I don't think it did anything for anybody, honestly. The only thing that it did was establish the match for later on in the night. I mean, it's fine. It was a fine segment. It just, it was just kind of there. Miz deserves better than that. Was really drawing it all out. You know, with with the point they were sending home with it, it, they could have just done something backstage here. Something real, you know, short, sweet, to the point. Put Alexa in an in-ring segment and make this a backstage vignette. You know what What really would have been entertaining here? Let's keep Miz TV, but let's have Alexa Bliss be the guest. Let's get her and the Miz out there interacting and working the crowd together. Both of them and, just talking shit about the SmackDown champions. Yeah, and, you, and that's how you tie it together. You know, they, they're, each, they're each proud champions that are there every week. Uh, that, you know, leading the way for their division. They're each there. They're, they're, they're ready to defend at, at any time. And have them out there together. Let those two characters play off one another and just, you know, just verbally attack. At, you know, at this time, we didn't, they didn't know who their opponents would be, but just put over their championships over the counterparts on the blue brand. Completely agreed. That's very much better. You know, uh, one thing, other thing with this segment, I, mean, I have to say I am loving some Curtis Axel. Even when he is doing nothing, man, that dude is killing it. Yeah, uh, just his just his mannerisms are he is he is money right now. Yep, completely agree. He's knocking this Miz Taraj thing out of the park. S- jury's still kind of out on Bo Dallas. From Bo to Bray, 
we finally get Bray Wyatt's big return to TV with absolutely no fanfare, no mention that he was ever gone. Not really any mention of Sister Abigail or what he was doing before he left. Yeah, they didn't mention any of that. You know, so is this? Do you think this is what? Maybe this is like just back to square one with Bray. I don't know what the hell this was with Bray. I really don't. I was like shocked. I was actually shocked when Kurt Angle said, "You're going to take on Bray Wyatt." Yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, he was gone for a little while, and now he's back. Yeah, it just kind of like, what? Wait, did I miss something here? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you know he he got zero fanfare for his return. I'm not saying that they had to do for him what they did for Roman, but shit here. I mean, well, I guess uh, from Bray, from Bo to Bray, back to Bo. I mean, Bo had more of an impactful welcome back than Bray got. Absolutely, absolutely. At least it was acknowledged that he was gone. Yeah, <laughs> at least someone thought of him. You know, I mean. And this just comes out of you know, left field. Now, now, in the match itself, man, how, what did you think about wh- what was going down here? Well, I don't understand it. Why Why have Jason Jordan go over in the match? It's why Bray's under, return. I, why have Jordan I, go over? I understand why you have Jordan go over. But I will agree with you. I don't know why you have Bray uh, take a pin, pinfall loss in his return. Well, that's the I, thing. I don't think Bray should have been the person that was a opposite of jordan here the angle was fine i just don't think i i like bray being the opponent yeah, that's that's where i agree with you you know was he the right person to have here now, i i guess i, I can't see it because it, it was kind of nice to see that uh sadistic side of bray come back here it just felt out of nowhere you know maybe you know maybe you promote him you got one of your your biggest stars that attractions that people like and all that but if you're gonna have him in this spot I don't know if he needs to take that pin. Maybe you have Jordan, because the whole point of getting Jordan out here and showing him off is to give him an argument that, yes, he did belong on Team Raw. That right, he had I to, understand he, that, but if you're going to do... He had to look good here. So so what if you just have him begin... He is looking strong against Bray, so he begins to frustrate Bray, and then instead of taking a pinfall loss, Bray just snaps at that point, causes the injury but takes a DQ. Yeah, I guess my issue was, number one, Wyatt taking the pin and his return. When you could have, because Jordan was selling the knee injury in the match. You could have just had Bray zero in on the knee, injure Jordan, get a pinfall win. And, like, it's literally the same angle. I just don't like Bray taking the pin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, you could have had just Bray push it to a point where he gets disqualified. You, you had to give Jordan the W here, but you didn't have to have it come at the, you know, at Bray's loss here, or a pinfall. So let's talk about Angle and Jordan a little bit. Well, you know, kind of staying with, with Jordan here, I got a question for you. Yeah. You know, we get the thank you, Watt. And as Jordan is hobbling away, you get the na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, you got those chants going on. Man, did this, was this more or less a die-rocky-die moment for him? It's the PG version of die. People, they cheered Stephanie McMahon. That's how much people hate Jason Jordan. They hate Jason Jordan so much that they cheered Stephanie McMahon. 
Yeah, that, that says something. If you're sitting back there in creative, this is one of those things that you should probably, you know, perk up and take notice of. Uh, hopefully they will, or they might just go with the, the Roman approach. God damn, Pallison. Listen to that reaction. God, that's I th- very much the wrong course of action here. Very much the wrong. Because it's getting to the point where it's almost gone. Uh, so much... So much here with Jordan's involvement goes back to those, you know, just those kind of loopholes in logic that I was talking about earlier. Almost everything involving him, you know, either in his match here or, you know, with Kurt Angle, with Stephanie, it's just so, so much wrong here to me that they just kind of missed on. How so? Um, all right, just kind of nitpicking. You were saying let's let's talk about the interaction between Angle and Jordan, correct? Right. All right, this, this is just – I'll start with just some nitpicking. How the hell did they miss using the – you wrestled with a freaking broken neck, Dad. Well, I did notice in the backstage segment when – He dropped the dad stuff. He, he dropped he, the dad thing. That was a big thing because that's the first time I think we've heard that. So, I mean, he's obviously trying to be a manipulative little bastard here. He's trying to get – I know. I, they, they were playing this angle up, but how do you not bring up the, the broken freaking neck? And that, that's nitpicking. I, I think he uh, just what? missed it. I'm sure it was in the script. You you or you or wrestled while you were injured. Like, it should have been right there. there. He just plain you know, missed really the line. really get that emotional, like, have it, have it kind of come through his tears, you know? Did you buy the emotion, or was did it seem campy to you? Uh, no, I, I thought he was doing his best with it. I I don't know what more you could ask for from an untrained actor, really. Yeah, I I I won't knock him for you know for the effort that he put forth and act you know actually how he pulled it off. Uh, you know some other things there. All right, he's got a, he's got an ankle issue. He's it's it's obviously not that severe. He's ho- he's hobbling around on the damn thing. I mean, hell, he even walked to the ring on his own. You know, to me, that, that just seems kind of... All right, so how is... How are you just able to say that he won't be ready to go on Sunday? I mean, how do we know the severity of it right here? I know they're going to replace him either way, but to me, it was just an, uh, just another small loophole there. Well, I think this is what the older generation refers to when they say... These kids don't sell. Because that was basically a no oh, sell. No. no, a lot of it. All right. No, someone should should notice this. I mean, the referee does help him to the back, but he's kind of hobbling on it. But then for that in-ring segment, shouldn't someone there in, in Gorilla, anyone. Or just put him on a crutch. Gra- grab a crutch, something, you know, put him on a crutch. I guess, I, I suppose maybe they're trying to, to show if he has that crutch, then it is... I guess I, I guess I will take that back when I think about it here. Because him going out there on his own is saying, hey, man, I can do this. Look at me. I, I walk out here like this. Yeah, but it uh, no I, sells the injury. Yeah. I can see, though, through uh, – if you're looking at, hey, he's trying to show you his toughness. All right, I get that there. So I'll, I'll backtrack a bit. Uh, my biggest issue with this, this, this entire segment is, is Kurt Angle like the worst father on the planet? Absolutely. I'm talking like, like leave your kids – in the car on a hot summer day, bad parenting? Well, yeah. I mean, number one, he doesn't send anybody out to help him when Wyatt's beating him down. 
and we know that he's watching. It's not like he's off taking care of some business because they show us that him and Stephanie are watching on the monitor backstage. How did you feel about Stephanie's reactions? Like, Stephanie's like, oh, yeah, he's really good. Oh, yeah, I'm impressed. Like, we didn't know where this was going. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, I, I took it more of, I was reading into it more like, oh, man, what a condescending bitch. That just seemed overly cheesy to me. Could have done without that. Yeah. Well, and, and then, then you know, like, like you said, he's getting his ass kicked. There's no help. And then he just stands there when I guess I don't. Oh, I guess everyone knows we're going to get to it here. I think it's the next topic, but the elephant in the room, and that's not a pun on his giant nose. Triple H makes his return. Yeah, so Triple H comes out and hits him with the pedigree, and even before we we get the pedigree, we're getting chants from the audience asking for it. One of the first things I noticed when Hunter came out was he dwarfs Kurt Angle now. I don't remember Hunter being that much bigger than Kurt. Holy crap. Was he buckling at his knees this time? Did you notice that? I'm, I'm not sure if he was or not, but God, Hunter just looked like a massive man next to a feeble old man. That was That was quite the stunning image to me. I know Hunter's gotten bigger, but holy shit. I, I, I kind of like how you put that there with, with the feeble old man because it does appear that, especially in these last couple, I don't know, I guess maybe I'll say weeks, that Kurt is really starting to show some age. It doesn't help that they keep putting him in that suit. Like, it almost seems like the suit is a little too big for him, which just makes Kurt look smaller. Yeah. I, get, get him in something, you know, get a design. That's really going to bring out, you know, elevate his stature. Something's a little tighter on him. You know, that's, you know, like a sharp dress look, you know, sharp dressed man out there. Now it just kind of, lo- he's, he does. It looks like it's, you know, it's so baggy and he's just kind of hanging in there. So we now know that Triple H is going to replace Jason Jordan. Quite the boost of star power, I would say. Uh, I would say they are, they are. They are rolling out the stars for this event, aren't they? Yeah, but almost to its detriment, I'm starting to feel like. And we'll get into this a little bit more with SmackDown. But, I mean, now you've got, like, half this match is part-timers. Hey, that's that's where the draw's at. I guess, man. I guess. But we also know that Hunter has been in the ring recently. He went down and did the Argentina tour when Owens left and they sent AJ to... Uh, Minnesota. But we also now know that Hunter is going to take on Jinder Mahal over in. And we also know that India is now only one show instead of two. I was just going to say that I picked up uh, Joe Jan over on the, the Wednesday edition of the locker room on the Hacker Hameen Media Group. Uh, he references, I, I didn't hear anything about this. I was I had it here to ask you. I, was it just that the ticket sales have been so shitty that they, they just didn't say to go on a super show? All they said was that they're just doing one super show and it's going to be headlined by Triple H versus Jinder Mahal. And that's all they said. But if you're looking for a reason why Jinder dropped the title, this could be it too. Maybe he just wasn't drawn in India. Man, that's surprising. And you would have to think that would have to be because of poor ticket sales right uh, just like a, a bad overall reception of two shows I, you got all those people over there it's in you've been 
kind of you know beating your chest and boasting about how hungry they are for your product, and then this happens? Will you finally admit that I was right? About what? Jinder Mahal. What do you mean? As I said, in India, I have enough respect for the Indian people that they aren't just going to look at Jinder Mahal and say, oh, he's Indian, we like him. No, Jinder Mahal is an undeserving douchebag. And even the Indian people know he's an undeserving douchebag. You know what, you're not going to believe this. Your, your entire feed broke out while you were saying that. Uh-huh. I, guess we should probably, I guess we should probably just move on. So let's talk about Paul Heyman. Well, and great was this promo. Let's, let's kind of go back to that real quick, because we had a conversation the other day. Uh, I think that maybe it would be kind of nice to share with everyone, maybe get some feedback here. Uh, an idea that both of us were big on. Uh, you know, you go over there. If, if you can get that crowd to turn on gender, you know, the idea that we were talking about is you get his own, you know, the country he represents to turn on him. But this this could be huge for his character going forward. Oh, this could absolutely play into the Jinder Mahal character. Absolutely. You've even turned my own people against me. Oh, just imagine, coming coming back to the States and being able to to cut that that promo. It'd be good, man. I think that and, is a great direction for the Jinder character. And, and right then now. and then what were we saying? To even further to further drive home that point, uh how you know the disdain and despise for the American audience that that he now starts referencing his true home country of Canada. You know, maybe you tie him in with with Sammy and Kevin Owens. Um, there's some other Canadians there that you could that you could get involved. Ty Dillinger. You eventually may yeah, Ty Dillinger. Maybe you eventually work in uh, a Bret Hart appearance. And then ultimately have it where even Canada turns on him. So it's like the entire world just hates gender. Gender Mahal against the world. I love it. Uh, I think it would be classic. It, I if they love go, it. if they go that route, I, 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 which I'm really looking forward to. If, if they would go that route, how amazing that'd be! Because I will be at those shows when they return from India. I'm very curious how this thing plays out. Like, is Hunter all of a sudden going to start putting over young talent? Hunter going to finally leave the golden shovel at home? Or is Hunter going to beat Jinder Mahal in India and then bury some young talent at Survivor? Well, the the Survivor Series match will happen first. Uh, I don't think you see... Triple H as a survivor in that match. Uh, I think someone's going to take him out, and I don't. I don't know if you see one of the the young up and coming stars. I don't say young. The up and coming stars of SmackDown do that. You know, get that honor. That'll probably be. And, and it all comes down to what the story is that they really want to tell Survivor Series. But I'm going to say it's either going to be Cena or, or maybe even more so Shane, that that gets the elimination on on Triple H. You know who I want to eliminate Triple H. We've been waiting for it for years. I want to see Bobby Roode and Triple H face off. Oh, I think that, that would be a, a We've been waiting program. for that for years, because if there was ever a clone of Triple H, it's Bobby Roode. 
the battle of the awesome spine buster. So let's talk about the brilliance that is Paul Heyman. What a great fucking promo, man. Hey, man. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even mean that for that to come out that way. Hey, man. Uh, Heyman can sell. The dude can just flat out sell. If you need to sell a money match, Paul Heyman is the guy. And those poor people that got engaged during Paul Heyman's promo. That was fantastic. Real quick on the actual promo itself, then I've got a I got a serious question for you. I, I need I need you to explain something to me that maybe I just can't see from from where from my perspective. But on the on the promo itself, man, what a drastic difference in style when gender was the opponent as compared to now that Styles is in that position. It makes you wonder if Heyman knew they were going to change the title beforehand. I don't know, man. Because I mean, when it was gender, it was like. You're, you're no challenge to us. You're not even worth my time trying to hype up this match. We're going to roll right through you. You are a joke. And in a 180 here, that if anyone deserves this opportunity, there's anyone that, that's going to be able to thrive under these conditions, it's AJ Styles. Uh, he, he sold it perfectly. Now, there has been a lot of conversation and a lot of discussion groups in a lot of forums, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Do you got this thing as a 100% sure thing Brock Lesnar is going to beat AJ Styles? Here, here's what I've got with this. I'm going to say, to answer, to, just to be very blunt, uh, not to try to sidestep anything, I say yes, Brock Lesnar wins this match. Now, I am completely opposed. You know, I, I brought up to you during last week's episode, you know, asking if you would be upset or shocked if this was a, you know, a three-minute squash. I don't think that is the direction to go. I think you, you let Styles go out there and push the beast right up to his limits. You, and you let Styles go out there and, and do, just do what he does and put on, a, you know, no pun intended, phenomenal match with Brock Lesnar. You know, one of those matches where people sit there and say, well, well, damn, this, this was Brock's best match since he's come back to the WWE. You let Styles do all that. And then, yes, he can take a clean loss. Because this isn't a mere champion versus champion match. I mean, you're taking on Brock freaking Lesnar here. And there is no shame in being beat by Brock Lesnar because damn near everyone else has been beat by Brock Lesnar. And it's not so much that it's not that you win the match. It's how... You are presented within, within that match. I mean, look how much it did for Samoa Joe. He he took the loss, but it elevated him, you know, to the heights that some people didn't even think would be a, imaginable under the thumb of WWE. I completely agree with everything that you said. However, I could make a case for why AJ Styles should be Brock Lesnar. And I will make that case on the Poolside Booker edition this Saturday. That's a tease. I like it. You got to tune in to, to find out what Jogger's got my. Now, let me get back to my question here. This is, this is, this is some serious talk here between us. Uh, we had the She Said Yes chance, which, which obviously uh, grabbed the attention of one Mr. Paul Heyman, and, and he addressed those, 
and what was one hell of a pop moment. Uh, he really let him have it. Uh, he showed exactly why he is the best in the business today uh, when you give him the microphone. But I, I want to talk about this actual couple here. I mean, you have a cool-ass wife. Uh, she is down with wrestling. She encourages all your wrestling-related projects. Now she, she lets you get on here with me and spend hours upon hours you know, talking wrestling. I mean, me and you talk every day. Now, would she be down with you popping the big question at a WWE Raw? Absolutely not. All right, thank you. I, I thought I, I thought I was crazy. Nor I, I should she be. That relationship is doomed from the start. I, I was going to say, you know, I, I just, I didn't get the mindset. You know, I, I would love to be in a relationship with, with a chick that, that loves professional wrestling but popping the big question in, in this situation, this just pretty much crosses the line into, like, loser country. Yeah, I got nothing, man. <laughs> I got nothing. I, I'm, I'm actually interested. Maybe i, I got to start doing some research here online to, to see if if you can dig up photos of these people. I, I just want to kind of see, are we dealing with, like, some – they were down in Atlanta. They're down in Georgia. So maybe they traveled in from the sticks. Maybe we got some, like – you know, some neck beard, just inbred shit going on. Are we going to go get hitched at the Monday Night Raw? I, I, I just don't get it. Damn, two big blows to Georgia in within a week. Go Bulldogs. So big third hour of Monday. You know, I kind of liked how they, they gave us, uh, the, you know, not just the hour itself, but they gave us the big advertised match, uh, the six-man tag, and then they added in just before – I think it was like right around hour two, they let us know about the big main event between Kane and Strowman. I, I kind of liked how they did that there. You know, you, you've got me hooked with one big match. Now, you know, keep me, keep me interested after, you know, that time where you usually start losing your audience with another big match. An announcement for one. So rolling into the third hour, you're inside of the six-man tag. I thought it was brilliant that that's where they put this match on the show because we know this is typically when they have the most viewers. So you can put Roman basically in the main event, which is not the main event, but you're not putting him in the main event. So people doesn't don't feel like he's being shoved down your throat. That was smart boogie. Agree. 100% man. It's you put him in that, that, that featured slot. But you still kind of, you know, you're not really, you're not feeding the marks all that fuel to to come back at you. So we finally get the Shield versus the Miz, Sheamus, and Cesaro. The match we should have had all along. But this time we have no Kane and we have no Strowman. Like I said, man, this is the match we should have had all along. Just adding Kane and Strowman just overcomplicated things and classic case of overbooking good match very much enjoyed it i was just gonna ask you man what what did you think of it so you enjoyed it i enjoyed it i thought everybody looked good yeah i I thought they made everybody look good i'm not sure that i liked miz taking the pin in that situation but it makes sense that's what he's there for you know that's that's miz's role uh what kind of got me was some fans like immediately uh giving giving the WWE, giving creative uh, a bit of a hard time 
for Miz kind of running away mid-match in that spot where it was kind of him just standing, you know, he was going to have to go after three alone. You know, I didn't see it as a cowardly act. Those moves from, from the Miz, to me, they're, it's strategy. It's smart. It's what he does. You know, he picks his shots. He's, he doesn't have to be that tough, I'm just going to come right at you kind of guy. That's not who he is. Miz's gimmick is he's the smartest guy in the room. It makes complete sense. Didn't bother me one bit. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised to see people complaining about that. It's like, come on, you know, this this is what the Miz is. This is what he does. So how are you feeling about the Shield reunion now? Uh, it's the same as I've always felt. It's not really doing that much for me. I, I think that they, you know, they rushed it. They kind of blew their load just trying to get this out there uh, in the time that they did. Did you this notice they I were calling feel. them the original Shield throughout the night? Oh, in a reference because they've had all these other kind of like celebrity versions, I, I guess, suppose I'll call it. But no, I didn't pick up on it. That's that's kind of cool that you that you noticed that the original Shield. I was like, what? The, there's only one Shield. Otherwise, uh, it's Rollins, Ambrose, and maybe, Angle. Maybe they, maybe they got like a lawsuit going with with Marvel or something here. Cease and desist. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Oh, we're the original Original recipe. I, I'm just kind of, I feel very blah about the shield. Number one, I didn't like it when they did it going into Hell in a Cell. TLC. Or, yeah, TLC. My bad. It's all right, man. It's just, it's gimmicks, gimmicks, gimmicks. They all, they all blend together. together. So I didn't like it going into that. Then Roman gets basically a month off. And then they bring it back like a week before Survivor Series. I mean, I realize it's not their fault. I just don't feel invested in it at all. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I just, I don't, it's not that I, like, I dislike it. I have no feeling towards it. It doesn't do anything for me. And to tell you the truth, I'm not even really that interested in see where where they go going forward after this. Yeah, I just don't care. There's there's nothing invested other than nostalgia, which you shouldn't have when they're all like thirty. Well, and guys. the cool you know the cool part when they were together, it was about the group. And it kind of is a turnoff to me here that this is just so obviously this is about Roman. We know it's all about Roman, right? And this that that's the turnoff to me with a group like this. Speaking of groups, this one, oh, we were talking this through last night, and it just gets more and more frustrating to me. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe take on Anderson and Gallows. As we were talking this through the other night after this happened, I just get more and more frustrated by it. Uh, all right, so here, here's what we're going to do here. I'm going to give my real quick take, and then I'm just going to let you go, man, because I because you've given us the thought. I I know what you're going to say. I I tend to agree, but I want to give you that that platform to reach everyone out there uh, that's listening to us. You know, for me, I told you I liked the match uh, for for the WWE narrative uh, at the moment. I thought it worked. You know, you had tension before. They flowed well during the match together, and then tension after. Now, you've got some issues here, and I totally agree with your assessment of what's going on there. Creative took the low road. Please tell us 
tell me and tell everyone out there how this should have been presented. Well, this is your hashtag lowest common denominator booking at its finest. Number one, I hate Finn Balor facing Anderson and Gallows under any circumstances if you're not going to pay reference to it. Red brand loyalty does not go over lifelong friendships. That just seems asinine to me. You could have found a different tag team to put them up against. Even if you just put them up against any two people because, let's face it, this was basically a squash match, right? Yeah. It it was a squash, but not to really cut you off here, but I do want to say, you know, props to uh, Gallows and Anderson. I thought they they did their they played their part perfectly here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they made Finn and Joe look like a well-oiled machine. The match itself was fine as far as the quality of the in-ring work. It was an enjoyable match to watch. My problem is the commentary. Because there are so many storylines that you could have put over here. They have made reference multiple times to the quote-unquote notorious club. Put over the relationship. What's Finn going to do? Is he going to choose his loyalty to the club? Or is he going to show his loyalty to Team Raw with his partner, who he can't stand, Samoa Joe? Finn and Joe function together great as a tag team. Why is that? Oh, they've been a tag team before. Rick, do you remember how the Samoa Joe and Finn Balor rivalry started? Oh, it was uh, in classic form, pun intended. The NXT Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. They won it because they're a good tag team. And Joe got pissed off because he felt like Finn was dodging him. That was the beginning of this whole thing. They didn't put it over the story. They didn't put over the Dusty Tag Team Classic. They didn't sell any network subs to get anybody to go back on the network and watch it. This was a huge missed opportunity. And it's got to piss the talent off. Because the talent went out there and did absolutely everything right for this match. And then the commentary drops the ball. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. The only good thing about this match, as far as the creative aspect went, was the end of the match when Joe just walks away. Doesn't even wait around to get his hand raised. Well, they weren't even, I mean, the bell had, the bell had, had, just, had just rung, and, and they, they weren't even done with the announcements, announcing the winners, and Joe's up the ramp. Yep. Match is over. My business here is done. I still hate your guts. Sunday, we'll fight side by side. Makes no sense to me, man. Makes no sense. It, it, what, what is so great there is they actually allowed somebody here to stay true to their character and looked how amazing it worked. You know, you're not going to see Samoa Joe, you know, and hugging it out in the back just because it's November and you're Team Raw. I mean, he is still true to who he is here. I saw it, and I know you saw it because I sent it to you. Samoa Joe cut a preview on or a promo on WWE.com that was quite possibly the best promo of the year 
leading up to Survivor Series. Promo, promo of the year. Yeah, promo of the year. And unfortunately, 90% of the audience will never see it. And, and, and if you're out there listening, you know, maybe we should share it over, you know, we'll share it on the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling podcast page uh, so you can check it out there. If you miss it there, do yourself a favor. Go find this promo. It, it will give you chills. It will reconfirm why Samoa Joe is one of the top talents in the entire world and why he needs to be featured more on that television platform. And in case you were unfamiliar with Samoa Joe as a babyface, this is how Samoa Joe as a babyface sounds. Killer promo. Killer promo. So one last thing on the red brand. We have Braun Strowman versus Kane, and unfortunately, the death of the big red monster, as Strowman puts Kane through the ring. Was it? Was it? Do you think it is? Was it? Huh? Well, that's how it was presented. Oh, I I know. I I get you there. But I, I did have here, you know, is it... Are are they actually writing him off? Is he going back away? Was it just uh, that short stint here? Because if it was, it really didn't do anything. It didn't really accomplish all that much. Or is it just uh, is this just a good way of of keeping Kane away from Survivor Series so that they don't feel the need to maybe overbook anything there? I was actually going to ask you, was this really the payoff? And if so, was it really worth it? I just don't see it being the payoff. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool moment. I don't know how much more they can do with destroying the ring involving Braun Strowman. But <laughs> well, Braun's the big stunt re- guy now. That's yeah, they, that's they, his role in the company. Braun's the big stunt guy. Yeah, I think they pretty much have run through the options there. But I just saw this more of a way is it gives a reason like, okay, Kane's been kind of just popping up and doing whatever he wants, whenever he wants. This is a way to keep him. You know, for it makes sense why he doesn't get involved in anything at Survivor Series. Uh, but, you know, they've got a long time. Raw does. Raw has a long time between now and the Royal Rumble. Uh, Kane would be a very nice filler program for Braun in that stretch. And I think Kane is a really good way to get Braun eliminated from Survivor Series. Just to have Kane come out, start beating up Braun. Braun gets counted out. I, I know. Well, we're going to talk. We're, we're going to get to that match coming up. I, I just and when we, when we get there, I just I think that we really have to look at what's important to them. What are they trying to accomplish with this five on five? Because there's so many different directions that they could go in, and if they start throwing too much out there, it's just going to ruin everything. With a- one last thing to throw in here, as far as Monday Night Raw goes. This wasn't in your format because we didn't have it at the time, but we do have Raw numbers. So Raw was actually up this week to a 2.14 rating, live in St. Night DDR. (laughs) The 10-week rolling average currently is 1.97. So that puts Rick's woo damn into a little bit of perspective here. They definitely spiked a rating with this show. Now, are you ready for the surprising numbers, Rick? So does that mean that uh, that page, that page news, is that it? Is that what pulled people in? It must be. It must be.
because it's all about the page, baby. Here's the hourly breakdown. Are you ready for this? You're hearing these numbers now for the first time, right? That is correct. First hour, 3.26 million. Second hour, 3.06 million. All right. Third hour, 2.77. Now, we were just talking about what a big third hour this was. They dropped 493,000 people. The average drop off is 245. They dropped 493. Now, now let me ask something here. I think a lot of people just, you know, you become adjusted and accustomed to the way that things flow. They have just kind of been phoning at home on this third hour for months now. And this is the result. And now they roll out, you know, this uh, an awesome hour of action. You know, you had in a span of that, you had three great or three big time matches. I won't say great, but you had three big time matches with some big time names involved. Now, this is something that seems to me that you have to keep, you have to continue on with. You know, you have to get people, you know, readjusted to, man, it is worth staying tuned in for this third hour. Interesting numbers. Definitely something to follow knowing that TV contract negotiations are underway. Anything else for the red brand, Rick? Uh, no, man, I think we covered it all. I got, got everything I wanted, wanted to get out there. All right. Well, let's burn a square, and we'll come back. We'll talk some blue brand, run through a final hit or miss leading up to Survivor Series, and we'll call this show good.
So let's jump into the blue brand, or the B-show, as they like to refer to themselves as. I'm really, really tired of them putting over that they're the B-show. At a certain point, it's one of those things like you were talking about earlier. You know what? You just get it ingrained into your brain. Oh, SmackDown. That's the B-show. Yeah. You're, you're, just, you're obviously telling us that there is a difference between your shows. Yeah, great. You, you want to try to hype it up for, for your little program going on with this novelty show in the month of November. But that has a, that has a lasting effect on the viewers and you know, people that are consuming your product. You know, it's just going to be second nature to, you know, okay, they, I guess they are to, you know, the second tier. You know, why make a point to tune in on Tuesday? So the show starts off with one of many recap packages. I've seen some people comment on the number of recap packages. Heard Ben and Joe Jan talk about it this morning. Completely agree. They have to put these video packages in here. But, man, they don't have to make them so goddamn long. Yeah, I have, I'm going to agree with there and agree with everything that those guys said. You know, it's just a part of, of marketing. It's just one of those, you know, it's just a tactic that you use. You have to, you have to act like you're having first-time listeners, first-time viewers. That's why we, we do it here. You know, we'll explain things over and over and over that, that many of our listeners, okay, or we, we already know that. Well, you know, we're, we're hoping to continue to grow. We're hoping we're bringing in, you know, new fans, new listeners, and we want to bring them up to speed. And that's what they're doing here. But like you said, man, it – Man, they, they really drag these out at times, don't they? Man, there must have been 15 minutes worth of video packages last night when you only have a two-hour show. Come on, let's get on with it already. All right, well, let's get on with the show then. Come on already. So the show actually starts, and we get Shane with most of the SmackDown roster backstage leading a pep rally. Oh, man. To me, the only redeeming quality of this was Sammy and Owen's complete lack of interest in everything that was going on. Did you see anything redeeming about this segment? I'm gonna, I'll give you that one. That's probably it. You know, on a, on a cheesy scale, this is about as cheesy as you can possibly get. I mean, this was Chester Cheeto's cheesy. Like, this was even cheesier than Braun raising up out of the garbage truck to me. This this is kind of here is why I have some trouble taking a show like Survivor Series, you know, all that, all that seriously. You know, aside from you know just the talents here that are just coming together in a giant you know blue brand love fest, nothing seemed authentic about this thing. The one that absolutely killed me was Corbin, because number one, oh he's getting God. in the buzzwords that he's going to give Miz his end of days. But yeah, then they go to a wide shot, and Sin Cara's like, yeah, fuck him up. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, I noticed that, too. I mean, th- it was just stupid. It was tacky. It was campy. It was everything it I hate about the WWE. It wasn't so much, you know, especially with when you had, you know, uh, Becky there. You had Corbin, the New Day. I could kind of forgive because those things were really meant to be that cheesy. I think they were going for that angle. So, okay, I'll get over it. As much as I didn't like it, I understand it. What got me is what you're talking about, see, you know, scenes like that. The, the imagery of the, – we know Sin Cara's got a major problem with Corbin. They've been, they've been ripping into each other for weeks now, and they have a huge championship match coming up later in this show. And now they're at a pep rally together? 
makes no sense to me. Like, remember when Corbin hated everything about SmackDown? Now he's the first one there to defend it. Now he's the head freaking cheerleader. Later in the show, he literally comes running out right alongside Shane McMahon to come defend the blue brand. The guy who hates everything about SmackDown. Speaking of, yeah, what, what what a lone wolf, right? But, you know, speaking of Shane, man, his delivery, his speech, his promo, terrible. Man. Oh, it was so bad. And here's what we're talking about, guys. What I want you to do is look this up on YouTube, put on a pair of headphones, and start it playing. Then click off of the window and just listen to it. The delivery is just god awful. I'm not ripping on Shane McMahon. I'm ripping on the delivery of Shane McMahon. I don't dislike Shane. I like Shane just fine. I just don't want to see him wrestle, and I don't want to hear him talk. It was bad. Uh, Bad all-around open for me. Then we go to Daniel Bryan and his in-ring promo. A lot of talking on this show. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if they would have nixed... What we had is the open, the pre-tape backstage pep rally, and opened up here with this. Much better. I would have, I would have come in with a much better feeling about this show if they would have opened up with AJ and Brian here. Brian cuts a little promo, introduces the phenomenal AJ Styles, and then cease and desist Daniel Bryan for stealing Paul Heyman's gimmick as the advocate for AJ Styles. Now, granted, it was pop-worthy because you knew he was doing a Paul Heyman impression. But, well, what did you think of the promo, Rick? Honestly, I probably could have done without what they've done with, you know, exactly, you know, the the mocking of Paul Heyman and, and Brock Lesnar there. But overall, you know, I thought it was a fun spot. It did, it did a lot more for me to get me excited about this program than, than what I had just seen in the open. You know, maybe by comparison, it was I've given it too much credit on that grading curve uh, in comparison. But, I thought, you know, it was a fun spot. And one of the things that really stood out here to me I, that I won't let maybe the in bad impersonation ruin it for me is that Brian just continues to not give a fuck. I mean, he wanted Brock pretty hard there with that armbar comment. Yeah, yeah. Here was my takeaway from it, okay? I enjoyed Brian's solo promo. I enjoyed the beginning of the Paul Heyman part. The thing about it is, it felt like a Pearl Jam song. Are you a Pearl Jam fan at all, Rick? I I am not a Pearl Jam fan, so you're going to have to... Here's what I mean by a Pearl Jam song. Pearl Jam writes great two-and-a-half-minute songs that go on for six fucking minutes. You know what I mean? They, they just kind of they ran it into the ground here. With- it just went on and on and on and on. It, Jesus, I don't know what time the first match started, but it had to be damn close to 7.30. I'll tell you what. Here's the big difference here. Maybe why I didn't get that exact takeaway. You actually watched the program. I will, I'll admit to everyone out there, uh, I kind of uh, hit the uh, the cheat sheets this week. 
Oh, that's and right. You watched I, the I, I watched version the this express, week. The Express version over at, uh, who is that? We'll give him a little props here. Wrestle World Z. Now, if, you, if there's any show out there that you need to get through. It's like a 28-minute version, and you literally yeah. get the whole show. You need to get through it in just a blink of the eye. Those guys do a great job. They, they give you all the, you know, the meat and potatoes that you need. Cut out all the entrances. Cut out all the pauses between the talking. Cut out yeah, all the I commercials. Thought, it's really well they done. They got, you know, when you take out your entrances, your commercials, and then all of the uh, promo packaging, they got SmackDown down to, it was under 21 minutes. It was like 20 and some change. Wow. So AJ finally takes the mic, cuts a little promo on Lesnar. Thought it was well done. I'm very excited for this match. We talked a little bit about it in segment one. I'm going to put over this match here. I went back and watched Punk versus Lesnar from SummerSlam 2013. I recommend everybody go back and watch that match because I think you're going to see a match very, very similar, minus the no DQ step. Not not getting ahead of yourself. Is that your match of the week? That's my match of the week. You know, as soon as we wrap things up here, I, you know, you've been talking about this uh, on our on a mul- multiple programs that we do. Uh, we've had we've talked about it in in our private conversations. When we wrap this up here, I, I did have some work to do over in the Hameen Media discussion group, but I'm going to put that on hold. I'm going to go check this match out. Because you got me excited about it. I want to see maybe what we're in store for. AJ goes backstage, runs into the former champion, Jinder Mahal. Jinder informs AJ that when Brock is done with him, he's taking back his WWE championship. You know, I thought I this was good usage of Jinder here. I was going to say, well, the only thing, there wasn't really that much enthusiasm from him. Well, I don't think there should be. There should be intensity, and I did get that. Okay, okay, so you were feeling that there. And do you think, you know, you keep it brief here just as a way to, you know, remind us, hey, he still is here, and he still is granted a, a rematch. And he doesn't want to take anything away from the spectacle that's going to be AJ versus Brock. In fact, Jinder wants Brock to just destroy AJ. In theory, that's what Jinder should be pulling for. And I know there's, you know, there's some individuals out there that have mentioned possibly, you know, to protect both champions. Uh, and I, I think you've talked about before that that you have gender maybe interfere in this match to cause a no contest. I've changed my I, mind I would, on that now. I was going to say I I would not go. I wouldn't go that route by any means. You know, don't overbook it. Just let these. I'm going to go back to what I said here previously in segment one. Let these guys go out there and work. Now, how long that's going to be, I don't think Lesnar can go over 12. But go out there and let Styles put on the best damn 12-minute match we've ever seen. How long do you think this match goes? You got it at 12? I, I don't, I'm not going to say that that's my, my set time. I just don't think it goes over 12. I'm going to probably say right, that, right around that 10. 10 to 12-minute, Mark, I th- would that be fair? I think it's going to go double that. I think it's going to be when you go back and you watch Lesnar versus Punk, it's going to be Brock's going to come out full of piss and vinegar. AJ withstands the storm and makes Brock wrestle. It ain't going to just be Brock dominating. It's going to be catch me if you can. What event? What event was that at? SummerSlam 2013. 
Highly recommend everybody I go back I and watch that. I know match. I watched it. I just can't remember the match all that well. Fantastic match. Dude, they must have won a half hour. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh-oh, somebody trying to burn down their house. Uh, 25-17. 25-17. Yeah, it was a really good match. Really good Man, match. Man, I, I hope you're right. I, I, I certainly hope you're right. And they go over 20 minutes. I think that would be... I think it'd be fantastic, and it would get a lot of the detractors, you know, off of Brock's back that he doesn't want to go out there and work, that he that he can't go. Well, I think that's the thing here is I think what's really on the line in this match, more so than a win or a loss, is legacy for both of these guys. Lesnar hears everybody talking about how he can't go out and have a good match anymore. Everything Suplex City. AJ knows if, he's not supposed to win this match. It. And he's got to well, make it, it look believable. You know, if you're Brock, if you're Brock, you're going to go out there to you know, the silence the naysayers. This is the this is the time to do it because he doesn't really have to do a whole lot. Just let AJ do his thing. Yep. It's going to come out as a masterpiece, hopefully. I think this match is going to be phenomenal. A match that was not phenomenal. Baron Corbin versus Senkara. It was fine. Like the match. It, it was fine. I wouldn't call it a great match in any way, shape, or form. No, I, I, but I it was fine. I don't, it, was ex, I don't think there was an expectation that we were going to get a great match between these two. I, I think the biggest thing here is that Corbin, he looked, he looked like, a, like a big man should. It was a dominant win for Baron Corbin, which I think is exactly what he needed going into Survivor Series. One thing yeah. I'm very interested in going into Survivor Series We've ripped a lot on this heel versus heel dynamic. But Joe Jean and Ben brought up this morning on the locker room. It's the chicken shit heel versus the badass heel. And that's a very interesting dynamic. And I think you got yeah, two that guys that are playing the character cool well. Kind of, it's going to be cool to see which style can out heal the other style. I think it's going to be cool. And I think you're going to get a babyface Miz turn, at least for one night. And it's going to be cool to to Shane and Brian, did this get cut from the short version? Nope, it was in there. Uh, Their little... Just a little exchange. Where's... What do you think it it leads... I've seen a couple of rumors out there. You know, a lot of people are kind of buzzing that... And Brian has been... And he does this every so often. He kind of starts typing it up and talking more about it, uh, about potentially trying to get back in the ring. You know, and there's always been that speculation that he is not happy in this role. So maybe it's a departure. Maybe they're just shaking things up. Maybe Shane's leaving television. I don't know. Something's going on. Sounds like we're going to find out Tuesday, but something's going on. I'm intrigued, if nothing else. Oh, so yeah, that's a, you know, Maybe it's not going to plan out to be all that entertaining, but they're keeping you hooked. And it was a good way to say, all right, you've got this novelty show in Survivor Series, but here's another reason that we need you to make sure that you tune back in next week. Because we've got another side story developing here. We've got something going on here. Major development on this show. Your precious Shar Shar now the WWE Women's SmackDown champion, the second person in history to capture both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. 
And of course, your precious Shar Shar will be facing the first person to do that at Miss Alexa Bliss. First off, woo! Let's pop the bubbly. My Shar Shar has captured her first SmackDown exclusive championship. I was I was tearing up a little bit. You know, I actually had to go watch the extended cut of this to make sure I didn't miss out on any of this glorious moment. What what a great time to be a part of the Shar Shar Nation. Unfortunately, so proud. Of it her. was the wrong time. So, you know what? I'm not so sure there. I've kind of got some mixed feelings on that, and I guess I, I to not just can be completely against it. I, I first want to say, hands down, match of the week for me. Hats off to both ladies. I felt they really brought it and worked their asses off. Oh, this was hands down the match of the night, and it was hands down the best match that they've had since NXT. I give you that. I, that's like I'm saying. I, to me, this is probably the best wrestling match I've watched all for an entire week. So I, I really want to to give credit there where credit is due for the WWE. Hey, man, they had all the makings for the perfect storm here. Man, you had Rick's recent illness, and then just even more recently, last week you had the thirty for thirty for oh, the thirty for thirty special. Man, that that WWE PR machine. Man, they were man, they were. Uh, Chugga, chugga, chugging along, man. I wish they hadn't put over the fact that Rick was backstage at Raw. Because I thought immediately then, well, if Rick's backstage at Raw, Rick's probably going to be at SmackDown. Kind of spoils it. And, and, and it kind of spoiled it there. And I guess with the timing, too. In, in her speech, I know they were trying to make it be like this big surprise when he came out. Uh, because, you know, as she was addressing the audience, she said, I know my dad's at home watching watching SmackDown on television like he does every week. So right then, you're like, well, we already know he was in Atlanta backstage for Raw. You're in Charlotte. I mean, why the hell wouldn't Rick be there? Exactly. I get where they were going, but it, it's just one of those things that kind of, you know, missed the mark there. Didn't tarnish the moment at all, though. No, not at all. That's it was a beautiful little, moment. That's that's a little nitpicking, you know, item there. But you know, but it, you let things like that slide, and we go back to we've we've said so many times that there should be a position back there in creative, just someone sitting in the corner, who just every now and then, uh, 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 excuse me, uh, why, why the fuck are we doing this? My but still issue a great, here, still a great moment. My issue here is. Survivor Series did not need this match. I would have rather waited and done it when it meant something. There there are very few programs within the WWE's women's divisions that will that are actually I, I guess I'll just use the term that are actually draws that are actually gonna be money makers. They're they're gonna move the audience. There are very few of those left. Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss is one of those. It would have been great. I would have preferred to have held off on this, to have an actual program with build between these two. That's the way I would have had it. We are getting the match, so I hope that this just becomes a, a very nice teaser 
for amazing things that are going to come down the road. I agree. I think if you're going to get outside interference in any of the champion versus champion matches, this is the one where you're going to get it. Hey, I, I still think in a, a great swerve, what I would love to see, I don't know if we talked about this on any shows, if it was just a conversation that, that you and I had. Somehow, some way, you bring the crowd to their feet. Here comes Carmella. She's going to cash in that briefcase. But, oh, she found a, a loophole in there. Something that no one, no one has known about, that, that no one's going to see coming. She found a loophole, and she cashes in on Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I love that idea. I think it would just be a great swerve, you know, because a lot of people, when, you know, going back to when Seth, you know, interjected himself <laughs> right in the middle of that match, you know, there was people, oh, you can't do that. They've never done that before. You can't do that. Well, this is pro wrestling. You know, they, they make the rules up as they go. Uh, contracts, you get, you get a good legal team on your side, you can finagle anything, right? It's real easy. The contract simply said that she was owed a women's championship sh title shot. Yeah. And it didn't specify Raw or SmackDown. So she cashes in on Bliss, wins the Raw Women's Championship, and SmackDown has now captured one of Raw's titles. And then you have a story going forward from there. You got this going. So you got this going earlier in the show. You've, not only do you have a great story going forward in the long term, you really have added, you know, up the ante here for this brand supremacy that we're supposed to care about. Make it mean something. You know, you got a great story within the show and moving forward. You, you've got something great going on here. And especially in some just rather flat divisions uh, where they have trouble getting, getting anything going, this would maybe give you a reason to maybe have uh, some crossover talent popping up from show to show here because what they've got going on individually, I I'm sorry, uh, all this is, I'd, I'd probably get some flack here that, oh, Rick, you're just going after the women. Uh, no, that's not the case. I'm going after bad creative and laziness and uh, a lack of respect for these women uh, because their, their divisions flat out suck right now. Completely agreed on. So that brings us to the main event of the show or as much of a main event as it was. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the new day i was really looking forward to this match unfortunately i didn't see most of the match because it was during commercial i got kevin owens with one of the members of the new day in a headlock a hot tag and that was pretty much it i thought the promos before the match were better than the match itself and i was looking forward to the match yeah, I kind of miss here. It's, again, you got some great talents that, that are able just to go at it, man. Like, there's so much that they can bring to the table. And this, this, this could have been an amazing any other week. This, you know, this is an amazing main event to have on your weekly program. Uh, and it, you know, what kind of took away from me because you knew what was coming. You know, we're waiting on the the big invasion to take place. Uh, so that kind of pulled away from everything. Let, let me ask you. You know, with all the the speculation, uh, the rumors that were running wild last week. You, is there any heat still on Sammy and Kevin? Or are we – I know I, I'm, I'm kind of still working under the assumption that that was all a freaking work. Yeah, I, I kind of feel over it. I almost halfway expect, expected to see a press release today that they were sent home again for 
not fighting Raw. Oh, man, that would have been great. Oh, I would have loved that. I halfway expected to see that. Oh, that would have been great. Because, and that, to me, was the pop of the night. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, standing alongside the New Day, awaiting the shield. Shield gets ready to jump into the ring. Owens and Zayn look at each other, drop down, roll out. Fuck this, we're out. <laughs> and, and you know what? what is so great there that maybe a lot of people didn't pick up on? You know, that's, that is a straight, straight shot at everything that we heard about last week. Yep. I thought that was fantastic. You know what I, man, going kind of what you said there, you know, they've already kind of missed the boat on saying, you know, we have dismissed them. They need to get something out there. Get a rumor out there. Get a leak. Really build up all this heat on these two right here. Uh, and then get it out there that, you know what, these guys are not even going to be at Survivor Series. They, they they weren't put on the card because they've been kind of troublesome. And it's it's got to the point where they don't even want them backstage. Well, I was actually just going to ask you, are they really going to not be on the Survivor Series card? I know we're going we're gonna to jump into the card here, and it's going to be all about the main storylines that they want to tell going forward. But they you got to think that somewhere in here they – they're going to screw over SmackDown in some form or fashion during the show, wouldn't, wouldn't you think? God, you would think so. You would think so. They got to be up to something with those two guys. I just can't see them leaving them both off of Survivor and we've Series. And we've heard and we've heard those strong rumors that that possibly they are going to uh, they're going to play into something that's going on here with Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Yeah, yeah so there's that to look for. Uh, I. Ultimately, with these two, in in a weird turn of events, I would love to see by when we're sitting down and having this conversation next week. I would love to be talking about your new SmackDown tag team champs, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I'm down with that. I'm totally Show us. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, Raw counterinsurgency. Thanks, Corey Graves. What did you? You know, from the get-go, going weeks back uh, to the the original hashtag under siege, we knew this was coming, right? Oh yeah, without question. I mean, you can't you can't have big brand warfare without without sending it home with a massive brawl. Well, it's like it, my it, friend it, Drew got a hold of me last night, and he's like, "Wow, it looks like there's a really good crowd there for SmackDown tonight." And I was like, "Well, yeah, this is the Survivor Series Go Home Show. Everybody's going to be there tonight." Uh, and then you had uh, you had some, oh, some rather questionable moves by some, or un, or I guess uncharacteristic moves by some of by some of the talents here. Well, the one the one that bugs me is the women. Bugs me is the women, because the SmackDown women just go walking into the locker room with a camera following them. How awkward would it have been if somebody was in there? Uh-oh. Like no, it just, it just, it just takes me out of the moment. It would have been so much better if the commentators would have just said, we're hearing of something going on in the back. Get a camera back there. And then go to the beatdown already in progress. Like, just little detail work that just takes me out of the moment like that. One of those things, you know, that's, we're, going, we're going back here. You know, expect more out of your creative there, people. 
This should just all be cameras just kind of floating around. Yeah. This is an invading force. Yeah, we're just going to drop a camera to follow them around here. Or there's no counter activity. We know, we know they're here. You're right. It's just it's the, the subtleties there. The other thing that drove me nuts about the women was, once again, we have Bailey on Team Raw invading the SmackDown roster, putting the beat down on Charlotte, who is her friend. We all know that. Standing over her, all ominous-like. Did we not learn anything from last year? This is when Bailey started going downhill with Survivor Series last year because it was completely against her character to go and do this. So this year, we do it again. And you know, so here dumb. Too, I could even see, you know, they're they're friends in they're friends in outside of kayfabe. That's fine, you know. If it, they've had their issues inside the ring and all that. But you know, at this time right now, they're not even on the same brands. They're they're both baby faces. There shouldn't be an issue between these two. You know, no, Charlotte she wasn't should be involved. there congratulating Charlotte. Right, and Charlotte wasn't involved in, you know, it's not like Becky. At this point, maybe I can understand. You know, she is a little. Becky, you know, Becky was leading that charge. Becky's been talking a bunch of shit about Raw. She was there. She was there when that mob, she was leading the women in that mob, leading the attack. Charlotte has done none of that. Charlotte has been focused on going out, winning the SmackDown Women's Championship, and then as a true competitor going forward and taking on the Raw's champion. She hasn't been a part of all of these underhanded tactics that we're seeing from from so many of these SmackDown superstars. So yeah, the women is the one that really, really bothered me. As far as what happened with the guys inside the ring, I, obviously the pop of the night. Man, I, I really just feel, you know, somewhere along this road, man, they missed such a great opportunity to just send Strowman in there by himself. Oh, agreed. I would have just sent Braun in and had him destroy people. Everything. Just have him just demolish everything and then just go about his on his own way. Uh, that's you... what Braun does. And more importantly, that's what people love to see Braun do. Did you get the impression that they were short on time? I felt like the angle slam was how it was supposed to go off the air. Now, see, that's probably... Because I watched it in that condensed version. Oh, that's right. Well, they hit Angle with the triple powerbomb. Or they hit Shane with the triple powerbomb. Right. Then, then they pick him up. Angle gives him the Angle slam. Was it pushing right up against the hour? Well, and well, no. And here's the thing. Then they just stand there for like 45 seconds. Uh, yeah, probably somebody missed their And cues. then Angle's like, all right pick him up and give him the triple power bomb again. And it, it just yeah. felt very, very mistimed. They, I, it sounds like it, in that, in that case, it sounds like they probably missed their cues and they had to go to work on the fly. That's on you producers. That's on you. Well, they might've, no, they might've missed their cues in the ring as well. Could have been on him. I don't know, man. I always blame the producer working with live television. I and, always you know, blame one the, of the producer. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Bucky Dunn. Oh, fucking producers, man. They are just terrible, terrible people. Oh, that's good. Hey, you know, looking back at everything here, and we've we've been kind of hard 
on this, this entire under siege concept because uh, it was just you know a lot of loopholes in in their why and their how. Uh, they have kept us guessing. You know, we've always we we've, we've said that we've given them credit all along for that. You know, we, we are interested to see where they go. Uh, execution has been bad. Looking back at this entire under siege direction, man, it really deprived the fans of some classic storytelling with face-to-face interaction between these sides. And when you look at this undercard, you know, you were talking, does the undercard really need Charlotte versus Bliss? Is it going to do anything? The problem is because we haven't had any interaction and real build. It's devaluing almost the entire. The entire. I completely agree. Completely agree. They've really just handcuffed themselves so much by with that initial attack and then having like the security, no one can come to each other's show. I mean, I think that this entire direction, I, I just think it could have been so much better. I'm going to leave it at that because I just want to get excited for this actual show, which, which looks good on paper. Well, let's take a look at it. Uh, let's do a, a, a special edition of Hit or Miss here um, and just go through the matches themselves. Let me know if the creative going into it for you is a hit or a miss, your level of excitement for the matches. Enzo and Kalisto for the Cruiserweight Championship. Do you consider this a hit or a miss? I'm going to go with a miss. You? I'm, I'm with you. To me, it's a complete miss. I'm, I'm just I, bored with this entire I, program now. I, I really like the act that's going on uh, on Enzo's side of things. What Kalisto got going just on does nothing for me. Yeah, I just the involvement of Kalisto here. What is this going to be? The third time, third or fourth time that this match has happened? Something like that. Maybe that's why it's on the pre-show, man. It, they've just kind of just it's beat just to death, driven this thing into the ground. Uh, Kalisto being here does nothing. Does nothing for me. The other, the Enzo act on the other side. That's great. That's uh, the entertaining portion of what's going on here but yeah total miss for the match itself i'm hearing rumors of a hideo itami call up it's about time love to see hideo come in there and just kill enzo yeah you read my mind i was just going to ask you where do you see the cruiserweight champion going from here hideo itami perfect the miz versus baron corbin hit or miss uh definitely a hit a hit here man i'm going you... i'm going with a draw i think the miz okay. has been a hit i think corbin's been a miss Man, I, I think some of you know, probably for your general viewing audience, uh, maybe they're not so invested here. But for those of us that have been able to follow this thing online, uh, these guys have really gone, you know, out of their way themselves to drum up some interest here for an otherwise meaningless uh, undercard match. Miz is is awesome as always, and I actually think. That Corbin, it's been some of his better, you know, some of his better work that, that we've seen from him in a long, long time. Uh, the promos that he's been cutting through social media, and and I really like the point that they sent home with Corbin's match against Sin Cara here on the Go Home Show. You know, as as they were talking about on uh, in the locker room on Wednesday mornings with with Ben Hamin and, and Joe Jan. We've got two very different styled heels here. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see which one uh, which one prevails. I'm giving Corbin a miss because I want to hear him cut those same promos in the ring under the lights, and I'm not sure he's got it in him. 
Alexa Bliss versus your precious Shar Shar, I assume, is a knockout hit for you. Uh, going back to, you know, what we kind of, we talked about, man, I, I would have preferred uh, to see a classic build here. I, I guess, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say hit, because I am looking forward to seeing how they, these two work in the ring together. And I'm, and I'm going at these matches with that open-mindedness that this is a novelty show. Uh, there's nothing really of importance going on here, uh, at least on this undercard. Uh, so I am looking forward to see these two work together. I would tend, I, but it's not like a, a surefire hit for me. I'm more towards a push because there's nothing, there's nothing really at stake here. I'm going to give it a hit as long as Alexa Bliss wins. Uh, see, I'll go the other way. I think Bliss can take the loss. She has it built in. Uh, it would add to her her little kind of whiny ass character. I wasn't given time to prepare. I only I'm five days away from this from this massive event, and I find out who my opponent is. This is not fair to me. Uh, and with that PR machine, you got to keep riding. Oh man, I, I'm gonna love saying this. You got to keep riding Shar Shar hard. <laughs> did you see that Deadpool trailer I sent you earlier today? Uh, I did. I did. Yeah, it sounds like a line that should have been in that trailer. I was going to say. As soon as it popped in my head, I was like, wait a minute. This is going to come out of my mouth. But, yeah, I mean, you think that everything that's going on, and you've just put that title on her, and you've still got some other big moments coming up for her, uh, especially with the live event with Starcade looming. I just think you've you got you to gotta stay with her right now. She's the hot hand. She has to go. And even in defeat, Bliss will turn this into a, an amazing victory for her character. The bar versus the Usos, hit or miss? You know what? I'm going to go with a miss. I, I love. I know it's going to be if they if they're allowed to unleash here. It's man, we, be we a got some great match. athletes in here. Great talent in here. I just don't know. I, I don't. I don't care. Why should I? Yep, that's kind of where I'm at with it too. Two badass heel teams just kicking the shit out of each other. Maybe that's why I, I, I'm getting the impression that the Usos are baby faces. Maybe they're just trying to position them as baby faces for this match. Just so you have something to work with in the match. Shield versus New Day. Big hit for me. A uh, big hit for the match. Like I said, I, I'm thankful that this is not going to be a long program. I, I don't think I could have have taken, you know, New Day baiting the Shield into comedy bits back and forth. A uh, little grab dick between the six of them. But... As we said before, man, this this very well could be your match of the night. This one I have to give a push, and I'm sure people are wondering why we haven't talked about it yet. Who is the fifth woman for Team SmackDown? Have to give it a push because we don't know who the fifth participant is, right? Yeah, they, they could do something here to really surprise us. Uh, I mean, who who would you guess? I mean, what what are you thinking? What do you got in mind? I'm gonna go with my buddy Alfred, and say that it's gonna be Nikki Bella. John is already traveling to the show. You would think that uh, with their busy schedules and all that, they they don't really get to see a whole lot of each other. So, what better place to to get a little extra quality time in and reunite with some old friends than at a WWE event? I, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. So, under the presumption that it's Nikki Bella, are we both functioning under the assumption that Team Raw wins this match? This is the only match I feel confident in. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, how would you, how would you book this thing? Because I mean, got There's certainly you got to protect some people in here. You can't beat Oscar, so Team Raw has to win. Well, you don't have to win. You can get her counted out. That's a loss. She's won every match that she's been in. Triple threat, no DQ, falls count anywhere, whatever. I don't know. That's you know. If going she back gets to eliminated, this, it's a loss. Going back to this, well, she could also, you know. With that count out, you just you kind of disappear if she gets if it's like a they fight just fight themselves out of sight. I don't I don't think it would really would kill her all that much. It ain't gonna kill her any worse than the way they positioned her last week in in that stupid segment. Knowing Vince, he'll probably just have you know. Let's see, um, who who would you say is the worst member of Team Blue? The worst? Yeah. Uh, probably Snooka's daughter. Oh yeah, that's right. Tamina's in and this she match. is your and she is your muscle. I guess maybe they could try to like show her toughness by having her stand up to Oscar a little bit. Tamina pins Oscar. Oscar's no, first no, loss. I, we can just move on from there. That's probably I, Vince's I, train of thought because they've already relegated Oscar to just another woman on the roster. So let's just get this undefeated streak out of the way. You don't come on. Even they're not that stupid. I yeah, that's debatable. Yeah. Uh, I looking forward to it. If it's Nikki Bella, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna love that so much. Um, all the haters out there, when she gets one of the biggest pops of the night. Oh yeah, absolutely. That place will come unglued. Absolutely. Men's elimination match: Raw versus SmackDown. Given the under siege angle, and them making chicken salad out of chicken shit by pushing the fuck up button, I'm gonna give this a hit. I'm going with a hit as well, man. It's you know this is the match that this is pretty much the only one that we've had any real build with some story going on here. Yeah, and the and fucked up part is you don't even care about half the match. Like we haven't heard anything from Cena. We've barely heard anything from Hunter. Angle's been presented as a feeble old man. Shane is a feeble old man. It's like half the people in the match you don't even give a shit about. Well, and, you know, like you're looking here at Team SmackDown, most of those guys, they've, they've done very little talking about it, and they've had very little airtime. As we talked about earlier, that Samoa Joe promo, that's what sold me on this match. And now 90% going here, of the crowd didn't even see it. You know, when, when we talk about – the most important thing here that, that I am most interested in seeing, we are going – because there's so many directions they could go. Now, which one is the most important? Because they can't just have all these different run-ins. I can't overbook this thing. I know you're expecting like a Jason Jordan turn. To me, that doesn't, that is not of enough importance to involve him in this match. Uh, like a, a Kane taking out Braun Strowman. To me, that's why I think that they, that they kind of wrote Kane off TV for a little while because it's not that important. Your big story is what is going to be your big program? Are they going to move forward with Triple H versus Shane McMahon or is it going to be Triple H versus Kurt Angle here? That's the real intrigue, isn't it? Or is it going to be Triple H versus John Cena? Yeah, I mean, how are these big names? Because you know they're all going to be back. They're going to be focal points getting ready here for the road to WrestleMania. How is this all going to work together? It's crazy to me that we have not heard a peep from John Cena. Like, John Cena got added to this match over a week ago, and we've barely talked about John Cena. Because there hasn't really been all that much inclusion. You know, it, it wasn't even like a, a big announcement on television. They released a tweet. 
Yeah, and then and then on television they just kind of referenced it in passing, assuming that everybody knew. Yeah. These are the things that just drive us absolutely insane when we talk about the format of the show. And then, of course, in my mind's eye anyway, the main event, AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar, champion versus champion, hit or miss. Man, I'm, I'm going with a hit. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best here. We've talked about this multiple times through the show here today. I think everyone kind of knows our opinions on it here. I'm okay with Lesnar going over. I'm okay with AJ's taking a clean loss because it's a loss to Brock Lesnar. It's not like you're just losing to any run-of-the-mill champion, but let AJ shine. I'm with you. Huge hit. I mean, it helps when you have Paul Heyman. That definitely helps. Anything else that you want to comment on, red or blue? No, sir. I think uh, we kind of picked it apart. Things we didn't like, but there was a lot that we did like. They've they've done a great job of keeping our interest. They've they've kept us on our toes, looking forward to what their next move will be. I can say that I am uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to Survivor Series. It's you know I keep saying it's a novelty show. Sometimes those are the best. You can kind of just kick back, relax, and enjoy the great in ring action. So that's going to do it for Rick and I on this episode. Be sure that you follow the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find the show on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Drop us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to Hitting the Marks on iTunes or Podbean so that you never miss an episode. Drop us the five-star Meltzer review. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Be sure that you check out our support system over at thegorillaposition.com. And, of course, find all your daily content needs over at Hameen Media Group. You can follow me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, how do the stalkers find you? Before that, I just to once again just remind everyone as you, as you hit on there to keep keep your ears and eyes open for bonus episodes from from Jargo and myself. Uh, we're going to be highlighting uh, NXT a pre-show for NXT Takeover Houston. Uh, then we're going to be we're going to be hitting it uh, right after the show, correct? For a little breakdown and review as well. Uh, so some nice NXT talk out there. As for myself, the listeners can locate me on Twitter. At the real RBV. For all those sexy ladies out there, I've just opened an account on Tinder. And for all those kinky sexy ladies out there, please look me up on Adult Friend Finder. <laughs> but seriously, for the big news of the day, I would like to encourage all of our listeners to jump on Facebook and do a search for the Hameen, discuss- uh, Hameen Media discussion group. I just recently launched the group, and we're in a, we're in a soft open mode right now. But this Friday, we are going to blow the door the doors off the joint. It's going to be a big, big weekend filled with a ton of takeover and Survivor Series coverage. A lot of great, uh, great interactive uh, threads are going to be going on. Activities galore. Uh, we hope to we hope to see everyone over there chatting it up with us and and all of our good friends over in the Hameen Media Discussion Group. Be sure that you subscribe to the Hameen Media Group. Rick and I are going to be sitting down Monday morning to talk to some Survivor Series with our boy, Big Ray. Looking forward to that conversation as well. Rick, anything else you want to plug, promote, put over? You got it, man. Let's get us out of here. Well, I guess that does it for us today. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. Watch your fingers. Label me. 
give a f- Violet! 